name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to finish that gospel reading with just a few more verses. <laughs> After having left the tomb, all that had been commanded of them had told them they, they told briefly to those around Peter. And afterward, Jesus himself sent out through them from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. That's in your bulletins, isn't it? All right. You may be seated. (laughs) Now, there's a reason why that's an appendage. And I'll speak to that in just a moment. This morning, we have heard much of Scripture. We have been through the Old Testament account of the salvation history. We've heard in the story of creation that from water, God produced life. We heard the account of the flood and Noah, and we've learned that by water, God destroyed life. We heard the passage of the parting of the Red Sea, the passing of the people of Israel across safely after Pharaoh was in pursuit of them. And we learned that through water, God delivered his people from probably death and certainly slavery. We heard that there is living water that God uses to quench the spiritual thirst of all who come to him. We've heard that the sprinkling of clean water cleanses and releases God's Spirit within us, giving us a a new heart, taking out our heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh. And we've heard that through this cleansing and renewal, all who have been cleansed and renewed, regardless of where we find ourselves, disaster-plagued, oppressed, outcast, living in shame, wherever we might be, God will gather as one people those who have been restored. To me, if anything, this account of salvation history demonstrates the the ebbs and flows. It speaks to process. It speaks to growth. It speaks to maturity. All of us who live on this earth, know something about ebbs and flows, right? Is your life consistent? Always high? Or always low? Or always, you know, like the three little bears, you know, the Goldilocks, just right? You know, is it always just right? Probably not. Baptism itself gives testimony to those ebbs and flows. For we come alive. And in baptism, symbolically, we are put to death as Christ was crucified. We are crucified with Christ. And having been raised on this Easter Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection out of the water, new life. So there is life, there is death, and then there is new life. And what Paul tells us in the epistle reading that we heard just a few moments ago, is that with this new life comes responsibility. Paul says we are alive in Christ. It's Christ that lives in us. And this gospel account, that little appendage that 
I just read to you says that Christ himself sent out the message of the proclamation, the sacred and imperishable proclamation of salvation through all who believed. Christ himself sent this message out through them. That's an important thing for us to remember because as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, just as his disciples were sent out, we are being sent out, and Jesus proclaims the imperishable, unquenchable, sacred truth of salvation through us. I said I would note that appendage. Mark's gospel in the earliest of manuscripts ends where Reverend Karen ended the reading this morning. The women make their way to the tomb, find it to be empty, hear the message of this young man dressed in white saying, don't be alarmed, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, he's been raised, go and tell his disciples and Peter that he's going ahead of you to Galilee, you'll see him just as he told you, go. But they went out fled from the tomb, and it says, For terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The earliest manuscripts end right there. So we have those who had just heard the unbelievable news, the greatest news that those who had been following Jesus could ever have heard, they had heard this great news and they said nothing. (laughs) Now, I think it is significant that all of the disciples after the crucifixion had been scattered, right? They were hiding. They were afraid for their own lives. It's these women who were there at the cross, at the tomb, at the resurrection. So it would be easy to say, you know, if you got women around, you can do anything. <laughs> but this tells us that even the women were afraid and they said nothing. So there is this choice that had to be made. What do I do with this news of the risen Christ? What do I do with this message of salvation? Do I sit on it? Do I, do I hide this message in fear? Or do I face the fear and be all in? Not afraid to proclaim the gospel. Not afraid to tell people that Jesus had been risen. My uh, two granddaughters, Ember and Lula, have been with us this past week. Ember is eight and Lula is six. If you've seen either of them, particularly the young one, you know that she is constant movement. Doesn't stop. Always full of questions. And if you don't answer her question immediately, she's persistent at asking it again. And again. And again. And again. Until you're saying, all right, I heard you the first time. Lula is one of these free spirits. 
the apartment complex we live in has a pool. And uh, earlier this week, she's also the, the princess of our grandchildren. And she likes to, to look good. And her nana had curled her hair the night before with the, the rollers, you know, the, the styrofoam. Not styrofoam. What are they? Foam. Those foam, yeah, the foam rollers, you know, like you used to see back when. She had these foam rollers in her hair when the rollers were out the next morning, which Papa got to take them out, by the way. Those foam curlers came out, and she had these wonderful curls just at the bottom of her hair. And she was tossing it around, very proud of her hair. She came here to the school, and... and and was a part of our, our school for a morning. And she was just really proud of her hair. When we got home, she wanted to go, they wanted to go to the pool. So her <laughs> nana gave her strict instructions. You can go to the pool, but don't get your hair wet. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> Don't get your hair wet because, you know, there are those beautiful curls. And if you get your hair wet, those curls are going to be, there'll be no more. And so I could see, I knew as soon as those words came out of Cindy's mouth, I could see the wheels turning in Lula's head. And she knew she had a choice. She could either look good or go swimming. I think that for many of us, when confronted with the option of wading in the water and still looking good or being all in, we wade in the water. Now, when we came back from the pool, she had managed to almost keep her hair dry. But she was saying all the while she was there at the pool to her sister Ember, next time we come, I want our mama to tell Nana not to curl our hair because I want to go swimming. She knew there was the choice. You could either look good or go swimming, and she was choosing next time to go swimming instead of looking good. Appearance for some of us, is very important. But in our baptismal covenant, we're called not just to wade in the waters of baptism, but to swim in the waters of baptism. You may remember that just a little over a year ago, we celebrated the 150th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation, that great statement from President, then President Abraham Lincoln, announcing the freedom to all of the slaves. And as time has gone on, that document has become something of a sacred document for us in these United States. We point to that as, as the beginning of the end of slavery. But if you look very clearly at the wording of the Emancipation Proclamation, it was limited in many ways. It applied only to the states that had seceded already from the Union 
and it left slavery untouched in those loyal Union border states. It also expressly exempted parts of the Confederacy that had already come under Union control. And so, in essence, this great Emancipation Proclamation was lofty rhetoric, inspiring rhetoric, but it changed nothing. You might say that was a statement for appearance. Now I know we can argue that this that this was a this soaring rhetoric resonated in the hearts of people and and the the inspiration of this statement, this proclamation helped to continue the movement toward the abolition of slavery. And Lincoln could have stopped there with the Emancipation Proclamation. He could have said, that's enough. I've, I've made my statement, and now it's up to the people to, to implement this. He could have waited, if you will. But instead, as we all know, he continued the work. This next Wednesday, three days from now, April the 8th, will mark the anniversary of the Senate's passing of the 13th Amendment that abolished slavery, nearly two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. So he continued to work. In a moment, we're going to renew our baptismal covenant. And I've already suggested to you that baptism, this new life, carries with it responsibility. And we have to choose. Are we going to simply wade in the waters of baptism or are we going to swim? Do we want to appear to be followers of Christ or do we want to be all in, genuine disciples of Jesus Spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do I want to be someone who prays for peace or acts for peace? Am I willing to simply pray for racial reconciliation or am I willing to get involved and act for racial reconciliation? Am I content to have a coexist bumper sticker on my car? Or am I willing to work for the acceptance of all people of faith and peace among all peoples of faith? Am I content to pray for the hungry? Or am I willing to get involved and feed the hungry? In the words of our baptismal covenant, am I willing to simply believe that there is good news in Jesus, or am I willing to proclaim by my words and my example the good news of God in Christ? Am I simply willing to believe that there is Christ, that Christ is present in all people, or will I genuinely seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving my neighbor as myself? Am I content to wish for justice and peace 
and believing that there is dignity in every human being, or am I willing to strive for justice and peace among all people and myself respect the dignity of every human being? It's one thing to believe. It's another thing to act. It's one thing to wade in the waters of baptism. It's another thing entirely to swim in the waters of baptism. It's one thing to say, I'm a Christian. And it's another thing altogether to live the life of Christ in the day in which we live. On this Easter Sunday, as we celebrate resurrection, I invite you this morning, I encourage you, no, I implore you this morning, don't simply wade in the waters of baptism. Swim in the waters of baptism, and may the risen Christ be proclaimed the world over as a result. Amen.